Welcome to Two Chicks Talk Writing. I'm Isabella. And I'm McGee. Welcome to our show. We're going to talk to my friend Heidi today. You said you don't need character studies and things like that, but do you need to know who they are as people? I would are like they to. dark and moody? Are they, yeah. per- like you said, perky? Yeah. How do you get that information if you're not getting a character study? Every now and then, it's, I've only done it a couple of times, I've read a character and I'm like, nope, that's not right. I got to go back. Mm-hmm. And, but fortunately, it was only one character in one chapter. I listened to it and I was like, that is not going to fly. I do not like that character. That, that choice is not right. We're encouraged as actors to, you know, take bold risks, but in audiobooks, you, you do, there's also the saying that less is more when it comes to accents and you don't want to be annoying unless your character is annoying. You want to have a pleasant tone. You don't, unless your character talks like this, you have to consider, especially your protagonist, you don't want that voice to be irritating in any way. I have some weird tics, uh, which I always, I always notice vocal tics. I probably have a million ums in this podcast and that drives me crazy. I'm advanced enough. I have a file and it's in the file. So I open up that character sheet and look at it as I'm writing. And so I never thought to send you those pictures, but I will next time. Yeah, it, it mean, is very helpful. Also understanding Like if we look at Robin, who is very rough around the edges, when I know that about a person, it really affects the way she speaks, like her, the, her intonation, you know, she's a little bit louder than everybody else. You kind of know she swears a lot, kind of sounds like someone I know, (laughs) Um, but, and then you've got her, her counterpart who is a little, you know, might have um, also the family system. Like I tell my students, acting students all the time, I'm like, if you're not reading fiction, you need to read fiction because you need to understand the backstory of your character. And if, cause if you don't have a backstory, your character is very one dimensional and that might, that might suit you just fine, but you're not going to get any really good jobs after a while because you don't have a full picture of who you're portraying, even if it's only a minute or two minute monologue. We write stories. I don't care if I'm doing a show where I have 12 lines in the whole show. And believe you me, I always know how many lines I have. If I'm going to be a rock on stage, I'm going to be the best friggin' rock you've ever seen. And so it's the same with reading. I want the characters to help them. Now, I mean, like my one, I have this one author who insists, like he doesn't know, he's very bad with technology. And so I have to email him every single file which means I sometimes have to split a file into two or three because only so much, you know, can go through the airwaves. He has never once told me that anything needed to be changed. I'm like, you know, I've got this character. I'm like, I don't know. This is good. Do it anyways. And he's like, oh, it's great. I love it. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And those are the books that sell for some reason. I think he pumps books out like there's nobody's business and he just goes for it. It's just uh, just respecting 
you know, trying to, you know, take it slow enough that every, you know, the attention to detail is there, which can be hard with a book that I'm like, oh, I'm so ready for this book to be done. I think we all get to that second, you know, that last third and we're like, you can see the finish line at the end. You just want it to end. Like how many more? <laughs> I've got a word count. I got to adhere to or a page count. How many more of those puppies do I got to put in here? I need to get this done. Gosh, it's so funny to hear that because uh, I'll never forget when I read A Prayer for Owen Meany years and years ago. It was my favorite book. And uh, I slowed down. I would only read like two or three pages because I didn't want it to end. I The character, I just loved him so much. And at the end of the book, even though I knew it was going to happen, I bawled my bloody eyes out. I loved loved him so much, you know. Um, but I can't imagine, I mean, as a performer and as someone that puts out my own creative output, it can be hard to lose sight of that, that you've got people who might be feeling that same thing when they're reading or listening to it. Keeping it alive is important, which is why I have to be sure I can only do so much in one day because I don't want the quality to tank because I'm feeling, I don't want to sit anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, save it for tomorrow when I'm fresh. No, good point. I wish authors thought that way. We need to save it when it's fresh. It's tough, though, because, I mean, if you're doing something for a living, like, you know, you sometimes you just have to put stuff out there, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, sometimes I mean, I can't, putting stuff out isn't necessarily for us as authors the right. best the right. best thing just because, you know, you need to punch a ticket. Right. Well, we all do. I mean, I think in every field, whether it was teaching in the university, there are days that I was like, I, can't, I just can't be here another minute and I still had five hours left. Or I'm on stage, I'm backstage waiting to go on on the 15th performance. And I'm like, oh my God, is this ever going to end? And then you have to, you know, bring yourself up to just do it and do the best you can do, you know? And I think even it's something that's my passion and I love, you have to continuously reinvent that. I do think that that is the beauty of getting older, though. We can really recognize those moments. Love them. Every, every show, like right before COVID, I was in a show. Every show we did, we knew it was imminent. They're closing us. They're closing us. We're going to be closed. We didn't know when we were. So every performance was like my last performance. And then we opened up the same show again and we did it. The same thing started to happen again. And I was like, I'm going to wring every single ounce out of this show it was magical really. And the cast, we all felt the same. And so it was a really amazing experience. Is there an age range that you feel comfortable doing? And is there an age you don't feel comfortable doing? We see a lot more people doing YA. Yep. Yep. There's yep. A yep. Big call now for older romances. I know when we look for narrators, a lot of times people submit uh, narration one particular instance comes to mind, the voice was just too old for the character. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we had to say, sorry, or we needed someone who was older right. in a particular book. And we needed that older voice. We have someone who, who handles our narration side of the house. So I don't have to deal with it as a publisher because that's not my forte. I don't know right. anything about narration. And, you know, if somebody read something to me, I'd be like, damn, that sounds great. <laughs> Somebody who doesn't, you know, who's in the business will go, yeah, it's not that great. So I just wonder if, do you have kind of a cutoff or do you, do you do everything? 
I think um, usually there's an age range listed on the the audition. Uh, I think I go with whatever the protagonist, if the protagonist is, I feel most comfortable if the protagonist is, because I am I do have a younger sounding voice, so I think mm -hmm. I can get away with, you know, portraying younger characters. In So in the world of opera, my characters are always between the age of 15 and like 22. Even if I'm a 53-year-old yeah. singer, it's always that same kind of character. When I switched over to musical theater, I was dismayed to realize that I'm playing people's mothers and grandmothers and <laughs> what you know because in in the performing world we youth is very highly prized a lot of people don't reveal their ages because they don't want to after a certain point you're not fooling anybody i mean we all know that when it comes to books this is the trick or it's tricky you have a protagonist but then you might have younger people in that book right. and i don't know about you guys but i don't know crap about what these youngins are talking about. I don't know how they talk. I don't understand a word they're saying. So this young author I'm working with, uh, I'm reading through it and I'm like, oh, I got to look up some videos and see how these people talk. I mean, I have an 18 year old son, but he, you know, he doesn't really talk to me. So I got to go <laughs> listen to young people talk to each other to get a feel of how you know, like I can do a Tello Valley girl because, you know, that's what I was when I was like, you know, in the 80s, but I don't know how they talk now. And then conversely, you might have characters that are older and you got to figure out how to do the older character. So I feel like I can do an age range between 20 and up. It's hard to do. I It is my personal pet peeve to have an, an adult doing a child's voice, like in TV shows and cartoons and stuff like that. I mean, I know it's done for a reason because you can't get a four-year-old to do some things because, you know, child labor, <laughs> all that stuff. Right. Um, but, uh, and I totally appreciate that. Um, but doing the little kids' voices, uh, it's, it's very tricky. And I don't want to be, um, you, you never want to be a caricature for a character. And that can be a really tough thing. And when you're alone in your little room doing all this recording, some things sound like a great idea and you don't know. And that's another reason why I want someone to listen so that they can say, ho, 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 whoa, ho, no, 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 no. Do not like that, that right. choice of character. And I will say that my authors have been really fantastic with not over, you know, micromanaging. And the one, she's an actress as well. Uh, she, there was a line in one of her books and she really wanted it a certain way. So she had me watch a few videos to get that line exactly the way she wanted it. And I, I, you know, I managed to do it. It was fine. And it only took, you know, a few minutes to do that, but it's um, understanding that character and getting the, the pitch the higher voices and stuff like that. And honestly, I find it harder to do male voices because my voice isn't very deep and it kind of sounds ridiculous when I try and make my voice deep. I approach that because I've listened to a very well-known author who had like, I don't know, 10 characters and they went from having Scottish accents to Irish <laughs> accents to English accents. And then they were, there were, you know, just as many men as there were women. And finally I couldn't finish the book because it was absolutely, in my opinion, a train wreck. Yeah. Because, I've heard that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
that's the scariest thing ever. One of the reasons why I don't do a lot of British publishing houses don't have you do a British accent because frankly, there are too many accents and I can't master them all. I have never, you know, I can, I can listen to a few. I can do a little bit of Scottish, a little bit of Irish, really uncomfortable with that. But you're, we're talking about Wales and all these different regions of England. Like, just watch the Great British Baking Show and listen to the variety of accents on there. I, right. Downton Abbey, Daisy's voice, I can't do that. So you're much better off just doing a very general American accent. Another thing you want to do with your characters is like, my personality is really fiery and I talk fast and I talk loud and I talk really high there's pace. Some people talk a little bit slower, you know, like your Sunday school teacher. That's where the physical thing comes in, knowing what they look like, because scientifically, if a tall, if a person is tall, their vocal cords are longer, so they're probably going to have a little bit of a lower voice than a short person with the really tiny vocal cords is going to have a bit of a higher voice. But then there's personalities all over there and you have, you know, these are stock characters. And so I try to figure out, like if I'm differentiating two female voices, which can be really, really tricky, I have to figure out, um, she just talks slower or maybe she's a little bit more nasal or I need to have more space in my mouth when I do her character, you know, that sort of thing. I really, uh, there are some really beautiful, uh, I listen to a ton of podcasts and there's a few podcasters out there uh, one has this lovely, it's not really even a lisp, but it's sort of like it. And I really love the way she talks. And I don't want, I would love to incorporate that in a character, but I don't, I also don't want it to be insulting to anyone either. I'm a musician. I'm always listening. So I, I, I do have, when I did the little kid's voice in one of the books, I imitated my, ne my nephew when he was having a temper tantrum. So I wrote, Joey. So if I'm doing another character, I, I know exactly, my aunt is super annoying. I know she's not listening to this. So I'm like, ooh, that's her voice, you know? And that helps me be consistent throughout a book. That's another thing Learning Ally teaches is absolute consistency because it's sloppy otherwise. Nobody likes sloppy. I've listened to some books where I'm like, nope. Some people say you never want to read a book, listen to a book that an author's read because some authors just don't read very well and oh, that's I why i couldn't agree more i couldn't I, agree more I, unless it's like trevor noah his book was fantastic you know but it was his you know autobiography so you would hope it would be right accents oh, too right so I mean, good yeah. i mean he speaks so many languages the hard part with books too is you you can write a sentence like I was thinking of going to the store. So that's the line, right? But you don't ever say it that way. I was thinking of going to the store. You have to kind of figure out what is a natural delivery of that line. With learning ally, you speak it exactly the way it is written. Like it is, especially textbooks. There's no if, ands, or buts. Those are super tricky. But when it comes to dialogue, you have a lot of wiggle room. And so I'm really careful about the dialogue. And they say not to talk too fast. And I think that's mainly because people garble words. As a singer, I people place, uh, and as a teacher, I used to get students that would compliment 
my lectures because they could understand everything I said, which I do believe is true because now with everyone wearing masks, I can't understand anything anyone says anymore. Right. And you have to be very clean and clear and crisp. You have to have your breath support all the way to the end of the sentence so that you not only have the arc of the line, but it is energized to the very end so that we can hear and understand what someone's saying. And that is something that needs to be practiced. How do you see your future with narrating books with, uh, with hopefully our face-to-face contact increasing? Oh, it would be so great. I think it, uh, I mean, I'll still, obviously, I'm going to continue to do it. I think that, you know, we do have to market ourselves and strictly online is getting really old. And, you know, I mean, I just said old again. Also, I'm going to bring in my age again, just because I get really tired of non, this face-to-face thing I've been teaching online. You don't get the micro expressions from people's faces. We're not really making eye contact, even though it looks like we might be. And so we li- we miss out a lot on the humanness of things. So I cannot wait to see people in person, to meet people. Because I am a people person, even though COVID has you know, kind of thrown me into my little cave that I love. <laughs> but I need to come out of the cave. I could be a hermit and not care at all. Well, I, I'll tell you this, our, the next book that we do, let's do a launch in Savannah. We'll that would be one awesome. The, we'll one of the pubs down there and have us a thing. <laughs> we have we have such an enthusiastic, wonderful gay community here. It is amazing. The people, our Humane Society put out pride shirts. We put out pride shirts every year. Savannah has so many cool places to go. We've got very vibrant tourist industry for sure. If people okay. want to contact you and are interested in working with right. you in a professional way, how should they get a hold of you? And are you accepting uh, new work? I'm always accepting new work. I do have a profile on ACX. You can reach me by email, which is a long name. My name, Heidi Bindhammer at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just look up Heidi Bindhammer. I, I have no creative name whatsoever. I'm just me. You do a Google search, you'll probably find me. I show up on Audible and Amazon as Heidi Bindhammer, so it's pretty easy to find me. And my name is very uh, easy. It's just Bind and Hammer. But yeah, I have I have two Facebook pages. I have a professional one and a personal one. So and that's they're both public, so people can message me through that if they would like. Oh, you'll um, probably get lots of emails and lots of contacts. Really, we'll, con- we'll be- contact you. We'll Sapphire okay. will contact you because we're looking at doing uh, more of our audio, more of our books into audio. So you'll probably get a lot of friend requests, a lot of Instagram follows, all of those things. That would be great. I'm always looking for work. I love to work. Um, Some authors, I tell them, I'm like, well, you know, I'm still on a project, but you know, you're in my queue and I'll get to it as soon as possible. And then once I start recording, I'm in contact with the author if they want to be, or if they want to be left alone, that's fine. I give them progress updates if they want them. Sometimes the authors don't have access to ACX for a while, you know, so the publishers are handling it, but I'll still, you know, I'll still be in touch with the authors just to keep them updated so that they're not a faceless person. And now a tip of the day from the writer's toolbox. 
one of the tips I got early on in my writing was to find a picture. So I, I yep. Google stuff and I find a character and I, I tack it up by my computer when I'm writing. If you have something you want to hear us talk about, make some comments below. Check out our Two Chicks Talk Writing website at www.the2chickstalkwriting.com. You'll find all of our past podcast episodes there, as well as some tools and tips and freebies you can download. You can also check out our Facebook page, Two Chicks Talk Writing, and our Instagram at Two Chicks Talk Writing.